Hello and welcome to Novel Not New, a trend podcast. Uh, we're a show that basically takes story-heavy video games and uh, plays them through like a book club, and then we gather back together to talk about them. I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and I'm joined, as always, by Six Detmar. You bastards may take whatever I give you. <laughs> and Olivia Joseph. I didn't think of a quote for this. Um, hold on, I'm gonna do when the guy gets eaten by the kraken. And then it goes like bum 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 bum. And there's like bum, some bum. gross crunching sounds. Yeah. <laughs> here, hang on. I've got like a thing of Oreos here. I can hold them up to the mic and like crush it in my hand. It'll sound great. Uh-oh. <laughs> So before we get to the game that we're here to talk about, uh, did anyone here play any narrative video games that they'd like to bring up at all? I don't know if you've heard of Shenmue 2. Hell yeah. <laughs> Man, what if we did Shenmue 3 on here? Um, <laughs> That'd be a lot to ask um, of Olivia since it, it's taken us... We we had to play through the first two games first, so <laughs> yeah, those are long games. Yeah, I, yeah, I've never played a Shenmue before. All I know is, um, what I know about Shenmue is that theoretically, the guy is trying to get revenge for his dad, and or someone who got killed in a martial arts uh-huh. thing, and then practically what he does is run around town and like work odd jobs and ask people like, "Do you know where the museum is?" That's that's why okay we have we have full podcasts about these games I can't I can't but like that is the thing that I love so much about these games is is like what if you know the plot of like a martial arts revenge movie happened in real life what would happen is this kid would be like uh have you seen any thugs <laughs> and the shopkeeper would be like what <laughs> I I sell flowers what are you talking about um it's it's just so like he just has no idea how to go about getting revenge and it's wonderful Mm -hmm. to be clear i say i know those things that sounds pretty good it's just there's a lot i have some yakuza games that i need to play before i can go to a Mm -hmm. different like famous japanese open world franchise with a lot of hanging out sure Sure. Well, actually, very little hanging out. No one wants to talk to real <laughs> <laughs> with with a lot of uh, with a lot of side bullshit. Then, sure, sure. Um, I also played Paradise Killer. Yeah, he did. That's good. I like that game. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh it's like an anime uh inspired. Well, it's 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 anime. Um. But Western made uh, like open world investigation game. There is a there is a without going into too much detail. There is a crime that occurs, uh, and there there is a mass murder, and you the uh, the investigator who has been in um, in exile are called out of exile to go investigate this murder, and you're just walking around the island talk uh, like finding clues and and bringing them for people, and then at the end you do a trial. But it's like, what if? the investigation part of a Phoenix Wright game was like walking sim open world, really cool like art and, and like art style and could just go and go. Like at any point you can say I'm good, let's go to the trial but there's a lot of shit to find. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff to find like uh, out of the typical 
boundaries too. Like you get, re- there were many times when I played that game where I would just uh, walk off a bridge or something, and I would find a clue that would change my whole perspective on the crime. It's that kind of game. It's mm-hmm. it's really impressive how well they've integrated. Like, I feel like with most detective games, it's a situation where you're moving your mouse around or just walking around the environment to, hi- to find hot spots and then you press a button on them to get clues. Here, it feels like you can actually do... It, like, you can actually do a little mental legwork to figure out where you need to go to find things. Or just mm-hmm. you stumble into things entirely of your own volition, and it feels great. I have a few criticisms of the way it wraps up. I feel like the, the if I have a criticism of the game... Well, I have a couple, but the, the main thing that bothers me is that basically when you get to the trial, um, your options are you can, like, in the trial, anyone you accuse gets the death penalty as long as you can convict them. Um, which, given the setting, makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, I don't like the death penalty in real life, but this is extremely not real life. Um, but then after the fact, you can also be like, oh, if there's anyone you feel like you missed, you can go sort of clean up and and kill them or exile them. And I felt like there were people who were involved who I wanted to kind of wag my finger at and give them a slap on the wrist. Because it's like, no, I get why you did this, but still you did kind of help in a murder, and that's not great. Um, But I could either not say anything, or I could shoot them in the face. And that seemed a little extreme to me. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem a little, just a little bit of an overreaction. I mean, to be fair, you're dealing with uh, immortals... Uh, like sacrificing humans to summon their their like sleeping gods, so it's it's an extreme situation. Mm-hmm. The setting's pretty whack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in an interesting way, but yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. I had a good time with it, but like, uh, everyone involved sucks. Is the secret. <laughs> uh, have you played anything, Olivia? Uh, yes, but it's tricky. Um, I tried to play in the intervening time, like a few story driven indie games and I didn't like any of them, but I also don't want to put them like on blast necessarily. Um, cause I'm fine with playing, li- I'm fine with playing like a, like a $60 commercially sold video game being like, this sucks. But then like one person's, one person's pet project, even if I really didn't like it. I don't know. It, it it feels it feels like just not something I'm super interested in to like point at it and be like, yeah, I I really didn't like it, especially if my criticisms are particularly mean. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Where I would say things like, you know, there's there's one I would say things like you you made like a worse version of a movie on this subject, and it's like, well, that's just mm. that's just mean. Um, so I guess I'll say it, but I don't want to attribute it to the specific game. Um, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. As for me, I, um, I in the intervening time, I feel like I played two significant story-driven games. One of which I can talk about somewhat at length, and the other one not so much. Like uh, The one I'm not super comfortable talking about 
in full yet is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, just because I still have a lot of that game left, and it feels like every time I make a little bit more progress in one or two character stories of the 13 playable characters, something gets revealed that like, shifts my whole understanding of what's been happening, just in terms of, like, this is a story that involves a lot of time travel, multiple identities, um, and a device that keeps... that the characters are both knowingly and unknowingly playing hot potato with. So it changes your whole idea of the various... like, what the characters know and what they don't at any specific time. So... It's definitely a lot to chew on, and it's exciting to go through it as it happens, but it makes talking about it, especially when you're in the middle of it, kind of daunting. Um, mm -hmm. Only other thing I will say about it is, it's not great that all of the kids are naked when they're in the mechs. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's something that they that happens like minute one into the game, and it's like, oh, this this isn't good. But uh, I guess for the most part. The story around it is good enough that I don't have to think about that 99% of the time I'm playing it. So, yeah. if I would not begrudge anyone who hears about that and is like, no thank you. Because, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, to me, it feels very much a decision. Like, when I saw that, um, I very much went like, oh, okay, so... George Kamatani, huh? Who's the uh, the lead artist and director of a lot of um, VanillaWare projects, and who's the one who was out there, like, you know, drawing the sexy ladies in Dragon's Crown and being like, "Whoa, what's the problem? Are you gay?" <laughs> I mean, like, you know, he's that kind of uh, old straight asshole. Um, so I saw that and I was like, "Okay, so he's at it again." But yeah, I played some of the game too. I like it. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, um, which was basically the first game I played um, at the start of 2021, is uh, Alternate Jake Hunter Daedalus, which is a prequel to a long, a long-running detective series um, that's been, I think it's been running since the 90s in Japan. Like it's been a situation where it's been on some very old computers, and they switch from that to phones to the DS, and eventually this one was on the Switch. And uh, the thing that kind of caught my attention to it was that instead of doing, like, 3D or hand-painted backgrounds or anything like that, all of the backgrounds in this game are done using 360-degree photography, um, which they then put a little filter on and occasionally, like, add graphical elements of their own. It's a very distinctive style for a game like that. But the thing that kind of got me was the writing is incredibly stilted. Like, I can't tell if it's just a bad localization job or whether the story itself is a little bit weak. I, I feel like it's a bit of column A and column B, but also there was just something that felt very unfinished about the port. Like, uh, around a, th a third of the way through the game, you start seeing sentences where... As soon as there's an apostrophe, there will be an S, like, 10 or 20 spaces after the apostrophe. And after a while, that's kind of a headache to read. But, uh, I did finish it. Wouldn't necessarily recommend it to people, but 
it sounds like the DS games that came out a while ago that um, I think Arxis published it. Um, mm. th- those ones people seem to like a lot more than that one. So oh, Wait, what platform did you play it on? Uh, Switch. Oh, okay. Do you think maybe it's an instance where like some of the, the formatting issues were based on like just a, a sloppy port or Um that's very possible, yeah. Like I didn't really see complaints like that when I took a look at the Steam forums, so it seems like something that might be specific to the Switch version. I don't know. Okay. But yeah. A bit of a disappointment because that series has been around for such a long time, so I figured there might be something to it, but there wasn't a lot to that game, which is basically a prequel for the, the Jake Hunter character. But yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Return of the Oberdin, which is a game that was released by Lucas Pope in 2018 and came out on... PC back then, and then it got a port to Switch, PS4, and Xbox uh, one year later, exactly, in 2019. Though it's also worth mentioning that uh, he worked on it for an, a much longer time than anyone really expected. Like, he put out a demo for it in 2014 and thought they would take around a year, but then it turned out to be... A bit of a daunting task to actually write the story for it, so what turned into a one-year project kind of spread out into four years, as game projects tend to do. I haven't heard about, like, the specific reasons for the delay. Did you know any other information about, like, what the the story difficulties were? Um, I heard that, uh, well, I watched a video Ars Technica did that was a... Like, Ars Technica has a video series called War Stories, where they try and hone in on a specific problem that came up during video game development, Mm -hmm. and have the developers talk about what happened and how they resolved it. It seems like one of his biggest problems when making this game was taking the verb-specific tools used to solve the various mysteries and translate them to a bunch of different languages because making game systems out of verbs can be a lot more difficult when you're trying to, when you're working with other languages that don't, where the verbs don't at, react in the same way as they do in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also, like, one of the things that he's, he's talked about is that he basically, like, after after the demo was received well, which the demo had five victims, right? So that's a lot more manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, okay, let me create like a series of spreadsheets about like what everyone is up to through basically the timeline of the ship so that I know where to place people when events are happening. And like, you know, it shows in the, in the thing, like you get um, vi- like, you know, like death scenes where it's like, okay, here are the people who are involved, but also it's like, oh, here's the carpenter who's just in his shop, right? Mm-hmm. Just doing carpentry. Um, and it seems like like figuring out all of that for every character, every moment was uh, was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. 
Should we say what the game's about very briefly, though? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Kind of um, sprawled out a little from that. I, I, I'll admit, I'll admit, I went on the tangent. I was just thinking about what Six said about, like, a carpenter. And was like, hold on. If you don't, if you don't already know, you're probably like, what the hell? <laughs> so, yeah. This game takes place in uh, the 1800s. You are an insurance inspector for the East India Company, and you're sent along over to the wreck of the Oberdin after it's found um, in order to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. On With you is a journal that uh, gets filled out with the events as you discover them, along with a pocket watch emblazoned with a skull that allows you to travel back to approximately a minute um, before someone's death. And you basically get to walk around the scene at the exact moment of death to, like, take it in and put together what what exactly happened here. And uh, you also get a bit of a audio log um, of the minute leading up to the actual action. Or much shorter if a character only just grunted or said... Oh, you traitor! And then ended up dying or killing someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you're basically here to um, you're here to make some financial uh, decisions, or at least record things so that uh, the East India Company can make those financial decisions uh, once you head home. Mm-hmm. And basically, figure out like. You know, the the Oberdin arrives back at port with, like, nobody aboard. So the the central question is, like, what what happened to the ship? And that's what your... Well, that's your secondary job after you get the pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, yeah, the, you know, most of your time is spent... Um, I mean, you know, you, you spend a fair bit of time just sort of, like, walking around the ship being like, where am I going to find a corpse? Come on, corpse. Come on out, corpse. Um, <laughs> but uh, you also spend a lot of time in these, you know, like, like dioramas of death, right? Because it freezes, like... It, it, there, is, there is zero motion in these scenes. They are frozen exactly at the instant someone died, basically. Um... Mm-hmm. though sometimes not quite i don't know there's there's some some exceptions that are a little like for the sake of making it possible to tell mm-hmm. but there are this ones is that a, are a little this weird. is a world in which anyone who is shot with a bullet dies immediately as the bullet touches skin <laughs> with a big tra- with a big trail leading back to the gun um uh, because otherwise it uh certain certain deaths would be literally impossible and also there's like like um the captain's wife, Abigail, you see the moment that, like, a thing fell and hit her. But, like, other things make it clear it took a while for her to die. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. still treated as her moment of death. So, you know, there, there are some, like, it's understandable in order to make the mystery work, to make it solvable, as you say. But there are some moments where it doesn't quite line up. Yeah. And then there's some cases where the bullet doesn't kill instantly. And you basically, as you're rewinding from the point where they actually expired... You basically, in one case, watch him as he crawls to the room, and you mm-hmm. just see a trail of blood behind him. Yep, yeah, that one's that one took a little bit for me to to figure. Actually, that one I ended up getting just because uh, this is my th- fourth playthrough of this game. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I remember this guy. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it's also worth mentioning that uh, the entire game is presented in a monochrome, one-bit uh, graphic style, um, akin to something like... Specifically, it's supposed to be a reference to early um, Macintosh hypercard games, which all relied on, like, one color and very... Very specific uh, line art for their visuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but of course, it, there's a bit more going on for this just because there's 3D models and uh, it runs a lot faster than a hy hypercard game would. Mm -hmm. So, how did we all feel about this game? Because I, I think I'm still, I, I think personally, I'm still trying to, to nail it down. Um, but I'd be interested in, like, sort of, like, general impressions from everybody. As an experience, I think it's something pretty unique. Like, uh, just going around and getting caught up in the moment where this dramatic, uh, <laughs> this dramatic old-timey sort of music plays as, uh, you're witnessing various people's deaths. And it feels very seafaring- pulpy kind of thing and there's something exciting about that especially if you're taking notes on a physical journal trying to put two and two together and for me a lot of the game was honing in on one or two faces at a time and almost treating those faces like my adversary as i tried to figure out exactly who they belong to um though other times it feels like they don't give you nearly enough information to solve some of the the fates that they mark as more difficult so at a certain point it became a trial and error game of guessing for me at least for certain people and that part of the game didn't feel so good mm. just like constantly switching names around until the game funneling went, okay, you have three of these identities down, so we're going to lock them in for you, and you can move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when this game came out in uh, in 2018, it was my it was my game of the year. Um, I like this game a lot. Um, I think it does, you know, as a game that is entirely just a mystery, uh, it suffers on replay, right? Um, because there are a lot of instances where I just like I saw a face and I was like oh that's Brennan I know Brennan fuck that guy I fucking hate that guy um, <laughs> but um, even so I, I still very much like the game I like the art style I like the mystery it puts forward and I like a lot of the moments it creates um, I have I have vivid memories of the first time I played it which this is the first time you played it right Olivia mm-hmm yeah, totally new uh, to this. Um, like, the sort of tiered... I mean, like, usually you're going to discover the bodies not in, like, a specific order, but in sort of a general order, right? Mm -hmm. And so at first you have, like, like layered realizations as to what is going on, where you're like, oh, okay, so there was an attempted mutiny. Like, oh, okay, there's a, there's an accident here. Okay, there's a, there's a kraken? Jeez, they had some bad... What the fuck are those? Um, <laughs> sort of like these layers of, of the the troubles the Oberdin went through that you're discovering. Um, and those moments still just, even though they're not surprising to me in the same way anymore, um, it's just such a powerful layer, uh, a series of, of reveals that, yeah, I like this game quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm kind of closer to, 
to to Jen because like I while I agree six that there are a lot of like very cool moments um I kind of felt like those seeing those moments and those dioramas were kind of the highlights of the game and then Mm -hmm. my experience with it started to kind of go downhill from there um I found myself often kind of like fighting this game um um and and sort of feeling like it was either dragging me along or just kind of like leaving me standing there kind of like doing the John Travolta thing like what sure and I yeah I I liked it sort of I like sort of the beginning narrative parts of the game but when it really comes time to sort of drill down um and like investigate things I liked it a lot less and then when my sort of when I got to sort of my reward for drilling down and you know finding every death and like I was supposed to learn you know the secret chapter that you don't otherwise get to learn I found myself very underwhelmed with that um Hmm. and so I, I kind of as much as I want to like a lot of the stuff in this game I think I kind of come down on it more negative than positive unfortunately I think there's also something to be said about the way that uh, at least part of the game feels like it's asking you to narrow people down by their ethnicities. And uh, it can kind of get into shaky ground there just because, I don't know, it's, I don't feel, I don't feel like stable enough within that topic to get into why it feels a bit off to do something like that, but it's it's just uncomfortable to be asked to... Like, you have a number of different factors that you're trying to identify these people with. Like, okay, the people within the same ranks usually stick together, or you'll go into specific scenarios, and if you look close enough, they'll all be playing at the same card table together or something like that. But And that stuff's fine. It's just... When it gets to, like... Okay, this specific kind of name could only be going for the specific kind of person. You feel kind of gross trying to find someone like that. And maybe that's part of the point, but I mean that that is certainly like Pope has said that is part of the point. Whether or not it's good, I certainly think is up for debate. Like there are times when the game clearly expects you to be like, Okay, well which one of these guys looks Persian? And that's gross. I don't like doing that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely something that I, I think it's definitely something that the game is trying to, like, foreground, you know? Like, I, I don't mm. think it's something that the game assumes that is just cool to do, you know? Like, mm. I, I think a lot about the... For me, it's, like, the end... The, like, reading the insurance report at the end is is very sort of a moment that, that um, crystallizes that. Because... You, you've gone through all these investigations and then you can look through the insurance report and you can see like the ways in which, you know, the the stories of these people that you found out and like the ways that they died are just sort of like, you know, crushed by the, the East India Company. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like a thing that keeps happening is like everybody who killed another crewmate is labeled a murderer, right? And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know 
it doesn't matter the circumstances or the motives or the, you know, anything else. It's just like, okay, you killed a crewmate, you're a murderer, we're going to find your estate and find your estate money, you know? Um, and also a thing that happens consistently in that report is like anyone who's not like a, a British citizen, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it, you know, outstanding valor, you did a great job. However, uh, we don't know where you live, so we're just keeping the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's several. Um, there are um, one of the things I learned while like looking up stuff in this game is um, I'm forgetting the name, but there's a class of sailors on the ship that are basically like recruited at ports from these like sort of coercive institutions that make them work off debt by sailing, um, mm. and like all of those people just kind of get screwed no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. like there is no effort. It's the two, the two guys who die of illnesses, um, in the beginning part of the game are from one of those. I'm really forgetting what the, what the name of the thing, it's like something house. I think it begins with an L, but. It, oh yeah. I remember they mentioned it and I didn't yeah, know what that meant. <laughs> basically, basically that they, they had, you know, they were all basically boarded with like 60 other sailors in this port waiting for a ship to come up and pick them up for like starvation wages um, because they were all in debt and they got like deadly diseases in those conditions and died on the ship, you know? Um, and so I think like, I, I, Especially because this is a game made by the same guy who made Papers, Please. Like, I I believe that he wanted to sort of, like, make you inhabit, like, a specific perspective and then realize the ways that that perspective distorted the way that you treat people. Um, But also, this is the guy who made Papers, Please. So, like Six said, I'm not sure how effective or, like, how much the intended message gets across, really. Um... Because mostly I see either people not getting it or be or be like, you play as an employee of the East India Company in this game. Isn't that a little fucked up when you think about it? Even <laughs> though the game, you know, does sort of like try to highlight that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like it's definitely an intention of the game, at least. Hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it does a lot better, that sort of commentary better than Papers, Please, just because... At least in part because the thing that you're doing is slightly less fucked up than acting as an immigration officer. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like it, I feel like it manages to convey some of it and then trips up on the other end. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to turn into the Papers, Please podcast, but I just think like Papers, Please made such a misstep um, the second it reached for Soviet aesthetics. Um yeah and i think yeah, that's not great that's a that's just a very like poor decision with that game um but yeah um i feel like i had i feel like i had a segue into a different topic and then forgot about it as we were talking about um as we were talking about uh this subject well, one of the so one of the things, if I can, if, if just picking up and going a different direction, if we don't have anything, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I think, and certainly my first time through, drove me kind of crazy. I think I really thought the like the three like having to confirm three fates at once was a really smart way of doing it, where like it, I felt like it encouraged a good level of of like guessing, where like you would get two you felt pretty good about, and then use the third one to sort of experiment. 
But a lot of times at the end of chapters, they're like, oh, and these six people died and they didn't get their own like sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, And solving those ones I found pretty annoying. Yeah, especially since there's a whole crop of them where, like in a specific chapter, when the Kraken is attacking. Um, uh, I was about to bring up the Kraken guys. <laughs> yeah, you basically have to, z- even if you zoom in on them, like, what happens most of the time in this game, when you zoom, zoom in on someone, it'll show you their profile in the book mm-hmm. from the one of the two illustrations that are um, present there. But if you try and zoom in on the people that are just flying off the ship, you get jack shit <laughs> yeah the i'll admit used a guide and the crack the guys like all the people who just sort of not you know nondescriptly disappear during the kraken attack was one of the places i used a guide and i remember specifically looking somebody up because i i was follow i was trying to follow him through all the death scenes and i had it perfectly and then he disappeared in the kraken chapter and i'm like okay what happened to him in the Kraken chapter? And after after a while, I had to look it up, and it was like, oh, you can see him in this scene being, like, thrown overboard. Um, and if this were a baseball game, I would have got ejected for arguing with the umpire because <laughs> I, I went to that scene, and I was like, I can't see him! Where the hell is he? <laughs> and, He's like, probably over the side of the ship. He's probably, like, dangling in the air over the side of the ship. I, like... I had the same problem my first time through. Obviously, in subsequent playthroughs, I learned the lesson, which I learned my first time through, but I thought it was a shitty lesson, which was after the first two missing people in that Kraken chapter, I was like, okay, so I have to figure out who they are. All of them must have drowned from the Kraken, which is true and really unsatisfying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's like creates such a space that you expect it to be a lot more than like, the the possibility space of like oh seven people disappeared like what happened and then the like like they and then like the the effort that you have to go to like try to find all of them and then to the end result just being like they got killed by the kraken this is very like (laughs) all right there was also a guy during the kraken chapter there's there's some scene where two people die because one gets shot by a loose cannon and the other gets crushed yes. by a cannon. I could not find the person who gets crushed to, to like save my life. I spent at least 20 minutes just sort of wandering around that. Just being like, where is the second guy? Um, oh, see, my problem was that the way I had to, I had to say that they were both they were both shot by a cannon. And I was like, that, that guy wasn't wasn't sh- he was crushed. You could see the tentacle wrapping. around. He was crushed. He wasn't shot. Why do I have to say shot? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bit of fighting the game sometimes when it when it's when it comes to getting into the nitty gritty of differences between crushed or shot or anything like that. Like mm, um, spiked and speared. <laughs> yeah. Also, the whole the crab riders, like the people riding on top of those crabs. It's like, well, I I guess they. In my mind, that was an enemy force, but. The book wanted me to be like, oh, those are monsters. Those are, yeah, like, terrible beasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they look pretty humanoid to me. Like, they they are kind of wearing this weird mask thing, but... Uh, well, they're yeah, not... The- I mean, they're, they're humanoid. They're they're more merpeople. I, I think... Yeah, I get where you're coming from, and it is kind of annoying that it doesn't count enemy force, but you also have to think... 
I guess this is a moment where you have to think in the mind of the of the East India Company. They're not at war with mer people. <laughs> <laughs> Although they probably uh. are after the events of this game. Like I think I think for the mermaids it's kind of on site whenever they see a human ship now. <laughs> yeah, d- to basically get into the thing that actually fucks over the Oberdin. It's when they it's Nichols. End up... <laughs> Nichols fucks over the Oberdin. <laughs> it is. I have I have a question. It's yes. two unrelated supernatural artifacts, right? Like the the the, no. the chest, the chest and the pearls. They're not related, right? No, the shells, the shells. The shells. So, okay, what I could gather through my and you know, I can't solidly confirm this, but I'm pretty sure this is what's going on, right? Um, this shell in the chest is the same as those mermaid shells. It just was stolen beforehand. It is a treasure that the okay. that the Formosans got on their own. Okay. And uh, and by bringing it out, by the way, Formosa these days is called Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe I believe the kingdom of Formosa doesn't exist at the time that this game takes place. That's something I remember reading in, like, a Wikipedia article or something. Like, one of the historical things in this game. Oh, weird. Yeah, but there's there's mm. a few, like, you know, you can't get everything right. I'm certainly not an sure. expert in 18th century, like, uh, you know, um, territory names or, like, you know, being on a boat. Uh, if I was, this game would probably be a lot easier. <laughs> I still have, um, I, I still have no idea what several of the people on that boat do. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, whether that shell though the shell in the chest was specially enchanted or not, I can't tell. I mean, you know, it certainly did things that they the one seemed to not do. Mm-hmm. But I think it is fundamentally the same object as the ones that the mermaids possessed. Mm-hmm. So they they you know, the Oberdin is hired. Is the Oberdin specifically transporting passengers? Is that what it's supposed to do? Or is it... I guess it's doing passengers and cargo, right? Right. I think it's, I think it's one of those deals where, like, we've got the extra room and they've got money. We might as well take passengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, they set off with this sort of group of Formosan royalty. Um, the Nichols is the second mate. He's one of the mates. Um, yes. Except he's not my mate because he's a lying, cheating, murdering bastard who ruins everything um by trying to steal this like chest that the formosans have um getting as far as like kidnapping one of them and like loading the chest onto escape boats and like escaping with some conspirators um at which point mermaids attack trying to get the shell inside the chest back um they they make it back to the Oberdin for safety the mermaids attack, uh, and they also haul some of the mermaids on board, um, just to be like, what the hell is this? They are then attacked by crab riders, and then are attacked by a kraken. Um, most people die, and uh, there's like a f- some people, some crew members and passengers just get in lifeboats and escape. Um, some of them keep killing each other over the shells until there's, like, nobody left. And then, Mm -hmm. if you solve enough mysteries, you find out that the reason the Oberdin, like, made it back to England, even though 
nobody on the ship was alive was that one of the mates freed the imprisoned uh mermaids and basically gave the shell back in exchange for like he said return the ship home and the mermaid decided to like give him a a genie wish basically Mm -hmm. and returned the ship with all the corpses on it back to england well i mean after that point the deaths are not really the mermaid's fault to be fair yeah yeah after that point so many people are dead that the rest of the deaths are just like the people like a bunch of the conspirators still convinced that the captain is holding on to a bunch of the shells which he isn't and Mm -hmm. trying to pull another mutiny Mm -hmm. um but the mermaid is clearly not bothered by by the amount of deaths um yeah although i guess although i guess it it they are present you know like they're they're with the ship still Right, um, you can see the glimmer of the shell off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a graphical bug for a really long time. Me too. Yep. I, was, <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is that thing? Um, <laughs> it's freaky that they're the only things that can move in the game. Wait, what? Wait, they move? Well, like, they have that aura around them that moves. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, it's just the yeah. animated effect. I yeah. thought you meant like yeah. I thought you meant like the effect moved around the screen. I was like, "What the fuck?" I mean, I it's a, it doesn't move around the screen, but like they it are it are is those sort of like rotating lines, depending yeah, on where I mean, you stand, and that's really the only thing in the game that does that. I mean, it's magic. Yeah, I just so I think I it's a cool to... effect. The first yeah, time you totally. see one of those shells in, in the in the memories, and like the aura is moving, you're just like, "What the hell is that?" It's bad fucking news is what it is. It's bad. Um, I, I, I think I made a tweet that's like, you know, week two of the Oberdin, I'd be on those lifeboats. Like, sorry, chief, I'm getting off in Africa. Um, which I guess is what several people try to do with varying levels of success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm also going to say it took me a really long time to look at the name of the guy who sent me the watch and the journal <laughs> and also the crew manifest. And it was not until like the very end of the game where I was like looking over the, the, the crew manifest one last time. And I was like, Hey, wait a minute. Wait, a, <laughs> wait just a minute. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the two, ver- the two easy ones that also got me were like, uh, the person who sent it and also the artist because, uh, like, at some point, it's like, oh, yeah, there's only one artist on the ship, and he happened to put his initials on the illustrations. <laughs> um, I have a thing against that doctor, though, because, like, he knew that uh, you were going to be investigating this at some point uh, using that uh, watch, the Memento Morum. Mm-hmm. So he basically just murdered his pet monkey and took the monkey's paw I- so that he could eventually... Return have you re- or himself return to finish the chapter? I lost my mind in that scene because it's like you hear the sound of them trying to escape, right? Or like getting ready to leave, and then you hear some like rumbling and rustling, and somebody asks the doctor, like, Doctor, what are you doing? And he goes, Nothing good. And then you get the visual and he's shooting a monkey. Like, specifically, he throws he's the monkey tossing in through a- the window with a cord around it so he can shoot it and then reel it back in. <laughs> So that you can, so that you, or so that whoever has the watch can go back to the moment of the monkey's death, look at the corpse in the room, go back to the corpse's moment of death, and just daisy chain their way through whatever the hell happened in this room. Um, It's sort of clown shoes. 
Yeah, it, it's like that scene in Bill and Ted where they're like, okay, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna steal the car keys uh, when yeah. I come back to this moment and put them under the thing, except it's a doctor killing his own monkey <laughs> using a Rube Goldberg device. Bro, it's real simple. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot the monkey, right? And then we get the watch, we go back to the monkey's death, then we look at that corpse and we go back to the corpse's death. <laughs> well, <laughs> well also, just... wait, he, he couldn't have seen the corpse, okay. So the no, watch he, is never uh, he, really explained. Okay, though I mean, I think what we're supposed to gather is that the watch is a tool of the East India Company to do these investigations in this timeline. Oh. And Henry Evans does not have access to it. This is why he does this is because he's like the mystery of what happened in there even I can't answer. The only way I can do that is I know the watch exists. If I get an investigator to look into this, I can have them, I can send them this paw of a monkey that I've held on to for 20 fucking years or whatever the hell. It's, it's actually more like five. It's more like five okay. years. Okay. It's still gross. Yeah. Hold on. Yes. The Oberdin is missing for five years. I'm also trying to figure out. It goes missing in 1803, comes back in 1808, in like 1808. I I I believe the watch is sent to you by the doctor. No, the uh, the, the watch is I I I'm pretty sure the watch is part of it's just part of the briefcase you open up. Yeah, but the it's in the briefcase the, is the journal which is from the doctor. Right, but I think those are two separate things. I mean like the yeah, the stuff like, I've read suggests that the watch is is East India Company property. Okay. Which is which is so weird when they're like, <laughs> so here's a company who has a device that is like, has major implications if you just think about it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And after you, after you resolve this whole case, they're like, eh, just keep it. Yes, like, you, do, what? you do have the watch at the end. So I guess that means <laughs> it is just sort of issued to inspectors. I guess, I, like, I guess wouldn't, that so? make it, wouldn't that make it your watch, like, you know, your watch in the same way that, like, you have, a, some people have work laptops, you know? I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and it says, The inspector has received from Henry, Ev- Henry Evans, the ship surgeon, a logbook and the memento morum stopwatch. Which okay. then... So he he has the stopwatch, and he okay. gives it to you. So he... Just tell me what happened, bud. Why'd you shoot your monkey? I guess well I guess we don't know we don't know when he got the stopwatch, right? Like we But noticed... he had to know he had to know that it was a thing. Yeah. Well maybe and... he was like, okay, I don't have a memento morum, but someday I'm gonna get one and I'm gonna get my ass back here and then I'll figure out um what's up with this monkey. Or what's this up with like, everybody who died. This is like this is like people being like, I mean I'm not rich now, but I am going to be one day, so I'm going to vote for lower taxes for rich Listen, I don't have a memento morum now, this magical, like, one-of-a-kind, like, death-defying watch, but I am going to get one, so I'm going to shoot this monkey. <laughs> I, I mean, the way, the way that I read it was because I think that he had intended to come back himself, you know, when he mm. got a hold of this watch, but wasn't able to because he, he fell ill. Because he dies mm. at the end of the game. You find that out in, mm-hmm. in the letter. So I think the plan was that he had intended to like find the Oberdin himself, but then he kind of fell ill. Um, and everybody else that he escaped with was just like, yeah, we're not messing with that anymore. 
But here's the thing: is he can he had he had the monkey like he mm-hmm. knew basically what happened everywhere what? except for in the Lazarette because he's yeah. got like his book is already laid out with all the chapters and everything you need. Mm-hmm. So clearly he knows what happened to the ship. Maybe there are a few people who's like, I don't know what happened to this person. They fall overboard. I don't know. He doesn't care about that. The mm-hmm. only qu- the only mystery he really has is what happened to the lazarette, and mm-hmm. he had the watch and the monkey hand. He could have done it. Mm. Yeah, and I guess that's part of what makes that like final reveal unsatisfying. Like, it's it's a it's a sort of a strange thing to like leave for the end, and the actual payoff of what happened to the lazarette is kind of like, I don't know. It it didn't feel satisfying as like. A one hundred percent completion thing, you know, like I don't know. I I liked it, but I I don't know. There, like, you see, like a couple of deaths in there. I think what you you earlier on you see a death where someone is talking about like, wow, what happened? Why'd the kraken leave? And the and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, the captain said he dealt with it. And mm-hmm. they're like, what the fuck does that mean? And, he handled it. <laughs> and uh, I like both. Like the 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 like the characterization of the captain who has these three mermaids like locked up, and is just like he's just murdering them. Mm-hmm. He's just like you will call off the kraken or I will fucking kill you. Um, and also the sort of the reveal of that didn't work. No, I think it did. The last one, like, sent the kraken away. Otherwise, but the that's kraken the, would the, just... the last one. The kraken got sent away because of Martin, because of the third mate saying we're gonna let you go. No, that was later. I'm pretty sure that was later. I think the sequence of events was that the the captain killed two of the mermaids and the last one called off the Kraken to save their own life. And then later, oh. Martin and some of the crew broke into the lazarette to free it. Because the captain isn't there, you know, when, when Martin does that. So mm-hmm. huh. if the... Like if they had done that during the Kraken attack, he would be there, and Martin could have been, couldn't have been there because wasn't he up on the deck watching Abigail get murdered? Yes, you know? that is true. Because I I remembered I wrote down in my notebook that guy's Martin. I forget what like identifying <laughs> thing I was like guy in the hat or like guy with well, that thing. It's because is... Abigail's like Martin. Yeah. Where is the captain? Mm-hmm. That's so my like, that's my British lady accent. So I'm like, that guy's Martin. Keep an eye out. And I just remember, like, being like, what the fuck happened to Martin? And that being, like, the last unresolved note of just, like, Martin. Uh, but yes, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure the sequence of events was okay. the captain threatening the mermaids. And then later, Martin frees it and then dies. It kills Martin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think it, he's 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 there. Like he's like, listen, I have an offer, and it and she and the mermaid is like, man, fuck you. And then while he's dying, he's like, no, seriously, I do. And the mermaid's no, like, seriously, oh, okay. I we are we are trying to free you. And the mermaid's like, oh, my bad, man. <laughs> listen, it's yeah. been hard in here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen, a lot of stuff has happened to me in the last twenty four hours, man. Also, it seems like you people murder each other at the drop of a hat. So <laughs> that's just how the English are. Looking back on my notes, uh, I, th- I think all of us, well, I think all of us took some notes um, physically this time around, just because the game's the game benefits from having something on hand other than that goddamn journal. I, I, <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't, but that's because this is my fourth time. 
the previous yeah, times I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the thing that really threw me for a loop near the end is the rule of threes applies to everything except for the last two before you mm. do a mm-hmm. complete solve of whatever's on the ship. Because, and that basically just drove me crazy for a little bit because I was just constantly throwing things back and forth like, what am I missing? I I can only solve two here, but I'm supposed to solve three. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And eventually I just had to put things in the right place and it's like, oh, okay, I guess it only needed two for me this time. Mm-hmm. And, it's a uh, weird thing. Like, just make up a third guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> the the Overton is like at half crew, you know, versus like what an actual ship of that size would be. So just make up a third guy. Put in another fucking Topman there. Or just, okay, here's what you should really do. Please, Lucas Pope, director's cut of Return of the Oberdin. Put the cow on the manifest and give the cow a name. Yes, that poor cow. <laughs> also, whatever happened to that goat? The goat that's in the cage on the deck all the time. The pig. The pig too. Several. There's there's a few livestock here that are unaccounted for. Man. Yeah, so it says we have to find a fate of all souls aboard. Are you telling me that, like, a, a goat doesn't have a soul? Fuck you. Animals that have souls. Cows. Monkeys. Mermaids. Uh, as... Goats that scream like men. Maybe that goat didn't scream like a man. <laughs> the kraken. Uh... That would be such a good mystery, though, right? Is if is if you got the, like, the... <laughs> you got the death of the goat, and you heard, you heard someone going like, ah. <laughs> you're like wait was that the goat (laughs) Uh, i'm just imagining that version of the passengers manifest that like you're just like looking at all the people's names like billy profession goat (laughs) (laughs) Uh, nationality (laughs) nationality english uh uh henry evans was speared by an unknown goat (laughs) Oh, that's that's a much more entertaining idea than I had for an extra person, which is just like put someone in the bathroom and have them die by shitting or something. <laughs> I mean, that's Shut basically up, what Jen. happens to the artist. <laughs> that is kind of what happens to the artist. That's true. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he indirectly dies by shitting. <laughs> it's okay to shit. Just you got to you know right place, right time. Yeah. You really got to be careful. Uh, for the rest of that game, I was thinking about, like, where's the bathroom? Do they just, like, where's the bathroom on any of these ships? Did they just crap over the side of the ship? There are toilets in the game. Like, um, so what was, I think I saw, so what like, was the one artist or two... doing out there? Well, I mean, the, <laughs> if you look at the room where the artist died, the wall has been ripped away. Maybe the toilet got destroyed, too. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> that makes it worse to me. <laughs> it was a really epic shit. <laughs> the bathroom should the bathroom should be a safe place. <laughs> you shouldn't be in danger of dying in the bathroom. I think Edward Spratt would agree with you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> God. Uh, I have one more complaint that I want to make. I might as well make it here. Um I Throughout the game, I so desperately wanted to control how long I spent in these visions. Yeah. Because, especially in chapter four, 
which is just you jumping back through death after death after death in reverse order there i because like i get in a vision my first instinct is like okay start trying to figure out as much as you can but the game only leaves you in the vision for the first time until like the musical cue that's playing stops and then you just kind of you know go to the next phase basically Mm -hmm. um and that like pacing thing just was like maddening to me because I I wanted to solve the mystery. I wanted to like look in the new place and just sort of take each scene in one by one. But the game is not interested in that the first time. The game wants to like show you all of the sequence of events. Um, but if I don't, when I was just like, okay, I'm just going to watch this thing all the way through. Then I felt like, well, now I have six different scenes in my head, and it's mm-hmm. a lot just harder for me mentally to keep everything straight. Um, and the whole time I was just like, can I just get a pause button? Can I just get a... Okay, I get it. Stop the music. Give me a sec. I'm going to figure out who that is getting speared, and then we'll move on. Uh, but the game definitely really wants you, I feel like, to watch all of the scenes and then start solving things. Except... Then when you su- when you watch all the scenes, it starts raining, and the guy is yelling at you to like get off the boat before it before the storm comes in. Yeah, that's um, one that that is a I think a big flaw of the game is like that's supposed to be the game telling you like okay you have all the information, but it very much feels like like even if you know you don't have a time deadline, it feels like you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like the it's it's an atmosphere problem because the atmosphere is not conducive to you like spending another three hours walking around this boat trying to figure things out um because the the storm is coming um and i actually thought that was like a midway point or something at first because i got in the boat and the guy was like all right we're gonna go back and i was like oh whoa, 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 hold on i need to go back on that ship for two more hours I also thought, like, okay, I mean, I've got the information I need. Can I just, like, go home and, like, puzzle over the book at my desk or whatever? No, you cannot. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's the end of the game. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. It, it doesn't help that um, this... Um, well, I played it... I played, like, a quarter of it um, back when it came out. And this time, when I was playing it... Uh, it had been several months after I had played Telling Lies, which employs a similar mechanic, but there it is an actual time limit. Like, at some point, the game just stops you and is like, okay, you've seen enough. Here's a... Okay. Going back to the watch. If it was sent to you by Henry Evans, mm-hmm. how the fuck does the East India Company expect you to figure out anything? So what I th- what I assumed from the way that that stuff gets delivered is the watch is something that the East India Company itself sent along with the book. Like, those were the two things that they received from Evans. And it wasn't him sending it to you because there's no way he could have known that you were going to be the inspector on the specific case. Okay. It's just materials he supplied. And but that doesn't really make it- sense because he's a fugitive. Like, you know, you can read that report and everybody who got off the ship and went to Africa with Henry Evans is listed as, like, having abandoned their duties, you know? Right, but it, it seems like, like, if you read the report, there's no, like, there's no fine or anything associated with that. I think it's like, okay, technically you abandoned your duties. Given the circumstances, we're sort of like, it's like, we noticed the crime, we don't care. Mm. 
right? The one, like the one place where the insurance company, like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Sure, the the insurance company is a comp- the insurance company is like, listen, you don't have to stay on the ship as everyone dies. I guess that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, the way that that specific uh, case is, the whole goof with that case when you initially um, arrive to the Oberdin with it is. Uh, you're, you tell the person at the beginning, yeah, just toss it over. And he's just like, hey, this fucking thing's heavy. Just come down here and get it yourself, asshole. It's like, <laughs> and, dude, uh, it's a book and a watch. <laughs> How did you well, row us out the, here? <laughs> but that's the thing I kind of read from it. Like, it's this East India company. So, of course, they're going to put these two lighter objects in a comically um, heavy case. Mm. Okay, I, I buy <laughs> it, that. It's a, it's a, the, moment, the momentum mortem is just like incredibly heavy. Like it's just made of lead. Well, I thought about that, but she lifts it with one hand pretty easily. Maybe she's just super ripped. <laughs> I also found out that the, also random trivia, I also found out that the game will randomize the gender of the player character. Oh, huh. Even, even though it's only ever indicated by one like single voice line, but... Apparently, every time you start a game, it just like rolls a dice and is like, "Is the inspector a man or a woman?" Huh, I, I have, was just, I was playing a man. I have gotten the woman four times in a row. <laughs> that's <laughs> wild. Now that's probability, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. All three of us. All three of us playing. Somebody's gonna get the woman four times. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> Lucas Pope. Do I get an award? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, okay, when I thought it was like, oh, the doctor somehow managed to send this case to you specifically, I thought it was a thing where the East India Company was just sending you on board to be like, yeah, just mark down that everyone, like, died or something, um, put them as MIA, like, uh, the way I figured it was the whole ship was a loss and only came, and came back five years after it disappeared, mm-hmm. so I had interpreted it as, and also they send you out there right before a storm, so I had interpreted it as like for them this is just formalities, and then you know Evans sends you this watch, and then you de- bring back this incredibly detailed report talking about <laughs> krakens and mermaids, and they're like, and the person's what like the- rolling their eyes, like, oh my god, you just had to write they died, okay? Yeah, <laughs> that's why that's why it's valid to attribute all deaths to the captain because he's legally responsible. They're like, finally, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because that's what they would do, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, like that's, that's why the captain is listed as legally responsible, so that if like a crew member's fate can't quite be determined, they can just say, "Oh, fault of the captain." Shouldn't let the crab people get on the boat. That's a you know, it's a classic <laughs> mistake. <laughs> oh, those crabs freaked me out so yes, much. Like, yes. especially when I initially played it. Like, uh, there's something very spider-like to their qualities. Uh, they're spider crabs. They're, so. Yeah, they're just giant spider crabs, you know? Yeah, and, like, there's several memories where you'll be in it, and as soon as the screen opens up, you're just face-to-face with one of them, and they're towering over you, and it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna... I'm gonna walk away and from And they're them. ripping off two people's heads at once, and you're like, ah. <laughs> Don't also, like this. The crab riders are spiky. Yeah. Like they are just sort of surrounded in this veil of shadow and spikes. 
<laughs> oh, the, my favorite death in this one is like, there's a guy, the cook comes up and he's like, oh, that looks like a tasty morsel right there. I'm going to go cook it up. And then he gets fucking spiked. He doesn't death. even get spiked. If you look, like, it'll. I think the game will accept spiked there. But if you look, the the mermaid just swats him with his tail and breaks his neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, like, four people just died because of this mermaid, you know? <laughs> and he walks up and he's like, oh, I will eat this. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think even the people around him are like, dude, could you just yeah, they do. step back? They do say, like, man, we're trying to carry this thing around. And he's like, and I'm trying to get us fish tacos, sweetie. <laughs> I have terminal cook brain. <laughs> One of the most annoying deaths is the uh, in in that in that chapter where the the spider crab soldiers are are marching all over the place, and there's the guy who gets shot, and you're stuck behind the wall looking through a tiny hole trying to squint and be like, who's shooting him? Mm-hmm. That one sucks. <laughs> So that one was easier once I realized that it was actually a gunfire. Like, initially, I thought it was because of the spike. But uh, if you rewind a bit, you see that he got spiked well before that. Mm -hmm. Um, So all I had to do for that was basically go back a memory or two and just see where people were lined. So Mm -hmm. that made it a lot easier to figure out who was actually shooting. I I just remember... Random thing, but I just remembered because I was thinking about, like, the... Because sort of Jen talked about, like, the way race plays in the game. But the carpenter, or the carpenters, there's, like, a carpenter and then a carpenter's apprentice. And they Mm -hmm. are, like, uh, two Americans, a white man and a black man. And, like, the the black man is actually, like, the senior carpenter. Mm -hmm. Um, I just remember that. And I definitely think that's a moment where you are supposed to assume that, like, okay, the, the black man has to be, like, the carpenter's apprentice. Um, and then the white guy is the carpenter, and it's actually the other way around. Mm-hmm. And also, you do get a the the way you crack that is there a moment with the again with those fucking spider crabs who kill a dozen people, where uh, they're over by the um the carpentry shop, mm-hmm. and the white guy goes, "Let's go, boss." <laughs> and the other guy's like, "We really shouldn't," <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> You really want to go out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, see, listen, we've had so much fun talking about this. Are you going to tell me you didn't like this game? Uh, I can have a lot of fun with things I still didn't like overall. <laughs> this is my okay. personality. That's um, fine. I'm, and like I said, the narrative parts, the, the sort of like you know, seeing all of these events take place is the part that I like, you know? Mm-hmm. Can we talk, you know, can we talk about the 30 minutes I spent, you know, laboriously swapping the names of those two Russian brothers and trying to figure out, like, which, okay, which of these guys gets stabbed and which one disappears because of the Kraken? And, like, that's the part I didn't like, but it's also the part you can't, you can't talk about as much. Yeah. That's, that's, I had the exact same thing with those brothers, too. <laughs> uh, that was definitely intentional. However, a huge pain. Uh, swapping names I found excruciating. Um, because I, I just, I don't know. I really think it could have been done easier. But just something about the way that it will unhighlight a name and um, the, the procedure that you have to go through to, like, I think you have to mark somebody as, like, unknown X- 
Then go to the second person and select the name you want to swap, and then go back to the first person and, like, just let me swap names. Hmm. You know, you know that I have to do this, so just let me swap names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tired of marking that guy as unknown topman. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm harping on the top men a few times and it was because there's just like seven of them and they were like the last group of people that I cracked so there were just several people just like unknown top men. he works on the riggings don't know what happened to him but he's there did you get the uh, the <laughs> people have called it the Rosetta Stone of this game did you get the um, the hammock moment no. So there not is the there is the one um it's it's not it doesn't get you everything, but it gets you a surprising amount. Um there is the death um from the guy who gets the gets the sickness, right? His coughing mm-hmm. in his in his hammock. And if you go around, you can see a bunch of people in that scene in their hammocks, right? Some of them you yeah. can't like it won't let you get the like the silhouette of them. All of them are tagged with a number that is their number on the crew roster. there's a thing that says 52 and you're like you go look at 52 and you're like okay so that's that's solomon i can get like 10 names there i'm so angry (laughs) 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 there there are yeah there are a lot of clues that i found up by sort of like looking through like what people said about this game and just being like come on the environment like i that's a case where i feel like i fight the art style Mm. um just because my brain looks at like the way that I could parse that game visually was by being like, okay, these parts important because I can look at them easily. These other parts I can't look at as easily, so they must be unimportant. I, I would not. Yeah, I just would never have thought to like go wandering around and like trying to look for numbers on a hammock. Yeah, the the art style actually gave Lucas Pope a bit of a, a problem too, like at least early on in development because. He found that if people were playing it windowed, it went fine. But as soon as it went full screen, people were getting motion sick. Mm-hmm. So I think that he had to do some sort of uh, dithering effect um, with motion blur to make sure that people weren't getting sick playing this game. Mm-hmm. I had some moments of just being like, all right, break time. It's, it can be hard to look at in some parts. Hmm. Yeah. And I did play around with the filters a bit because if you go into the settings, they've they have like ten to twelve different uh, color palettes that you can switch between, mm. uh, reminiscent of each uh, Apple or IBM computer they're based off. Mm. But uh, none of them looked quite right to me compared to the just the default one, so I pretty much stuck with that. I never I never found that, but I know that World of Horror, which is a game that uses a similar like one bit graphical style, has those. And like there are certain filters that I just like can't look at the game on. Because it's just my I'm just like, I don't know how to parse what I'm looking at here. Um coloring is pretty important. Yeah. How about that one guy who I thought was a child for the uh, whole game? Uh, he, which he hmm. he gets he he's one of the people who gets on the boat at the end. He's like one of the the oh, the, the midshipmen. I I don't know. There's like five people on that boat, right? There's Evans. There's the two English women, and then there's like that other guy. I thought he was a child. I had a hard time identifying him just because I was looking for like, where's this child? <laughs> where's the on baby? The, 
Yeah, on the <laughs> roster. Like, show me, show me the baby. But no, he's a he's a fully apparently he's a fully grown man, or at the very least, like a working teenager, and he has a job. But I was just like, that's a baby to me. <laughs> no way that guy has a job. Uh, my own Rosetta Stone in this game was uh, for for the top men at least. Uh, there's a guy who just there's there's just a character with one name. Mm-hmm. And I quickly deduced him because there's one guy that's part of the top men group from Wales with these sick ass tattoos and he's constantly shirtless because of it. And it's like, okay, yeah, that seems like the kind of guy who would just rock one name. <laughs> yeah. He's, it says his nationality is Welsh, but I believe he's supposed to be like originating from somewhere else. Um, And I don't know if that's just because I see like those kinds of tattoos and i think like southeast asian but mm-hmm. yeah but his name i think is like mappa or something like that mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know much about welsh names but it sounds it sounds it's too easy to say for me <laughs> for me to think it's a welsh <laughs> name originally. also he never talks <laughs> he doesn't no, he doesn't talk at all voice cast in this game is smaller than i thought it was like going to the end and it was like oh oh okay you voice like four people here yeah uh lucas pope tried to find people like from from the the countries that he was having them voice so (laughs) i guess once you're doing that you're not going to pick too many people just because that's you know you're small indie game you know all that (laughs) i think it pretty well avoided like bethesda voices thing you know uh, I don't think there was any one character that I would have been like, you you sound like you're voiced by the same person, even though there are several English guys who sound pretty similar. But also, they're yeah, they're mm-hmm. English guys. They all sound similar. <laughs> That's just canon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did like the bit in the um, behind-the-scenes stuff where it was like, okay, yeah, when he was working with actors from that uh, specific area, from the specific areas... They could pretty easily mimic uh, accents from that time. And, of course, any you go around to find any sort of English actor um, over in Britain or whatever, and they'll just instantly bol- bolt out 1800s English accent. <laughs> yeah. It's really... I Listen, at first I was like, man, the captain really you know, made some, made some bad choices, but mostly did his best. Right. But (laughs) the part where he sentenced a guy to death based on like a translation by one guy who said, yeah, he says he did it. (laughs) Like (laughs) who, who also, they don't speak the same language, you know, not, not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not entirely. And I guess that's just the captain's racism. Yeah. Um, I, I if I also think that guy is in league with Nichols. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. He absolutely is. So mm-hmm. just yeah. just really complete lack of awareness. Yeah, that game's big trick is at the beginning, um, letting you see the moments where the captain is taking out all these people like a badass who are trying to go for him, and then um, as you get further into the events of what happened and go back in time, it's like, oh, okay, this guy sucked a whole Listen, lot. Listen, if Nubu I, has taught I, me anything, you can be a badass and also a moron. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't take it as a badass moment. I was just like, oh, the captain's gone, gone shirtless and wacky. <laughs> I mean, he, he, like that guy, that guy went from the upper deck, jumped down to the lower deck, and then swung in with like a knife. And the captain just spun around and backhanded him with an oar. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> He's on his Jedi shit. I don't know. I feel like you'd make a lot of noise if you ran like halfway across the ship and then tried to like swing in swing well, into the room boats make sh- boats makes noise all the time there's just creaking wood all the time you never know what you're dealing with mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my excuse also, oh, <laughs> also he does shoot one of the guys in the face absolute first thing so he starts off with the advantage in that fight it's true it's true <sighs> man imagine being like one of four like that point of the ship the ship's journey where there's like five people left on board and like four of them are like, yeah, let's do a mutiny. (laughs) At at that point you run the ship. If there's five of you on the ship and four of you want to do one thing and one guy wants to do the other thing, just do the thing. It's like, well also imagine being at this point and being like, you know what? Captain, I've really trusted your decision-making up until now, but now that 55 of us are dead, I'm starting to have some doubts. (laughs) (sighs) The sea. Life on the sea. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not the same as life on land, you know? Really isn't, really isn't. Is that it? Is yeah, that everything? I I, I, th- I think there there is there is nothing left to discover on the Oberdin. <laughs> we got to do some. I did like probably. that touch at the end. <laughs> got to do. Hold on, let me see. How do we? Not quite. Not quite the rain sound I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, I appreciate a game that just straight up says, "Okay, you're done here." As soon as <laughs> okay, you're done. get out, get out of here, kid. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll find out that the that the uh, ship steward lit his hand on fire for no reason <laughs> afterwards. Oh, that idiot! Overton voice, bum bum, <laughs> bum bum. Bum, 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 bum. All right, get out of here. <laughs> we, we've had fun here, Kivitz. No, seriously, get out of here. I also enjoy how the very first time you're trying to solve someone's fate while their face is still blurred because you haven't found everything out about it, the game just pauses everything and goes like, are you really sure you want to do that? It'll keep doing that, by the way. <laughs> if, if you're perhaps playing for the fourth time and you're like, now I know who that is. That's Nichols. And they're like, mm, you probably don't know that. I'm like, it's Nichols. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I, I recently, I recently uh, was thinking a lot about Pyre. And so I was thinking about like best voices to say that like unvoiced, like just game text dialogue in. Uh, if you just had a guy who was like, mm, are you sure you have enough information to determine who that is? Watch carefully. Some faces will be unblurred as soon as you have all of the information necessary. Mm, you can't figure this one uh, out. Oh, it's only a two pip. You really should know this one by now. 
Uh, give the diary Logan Cunningham's voice and pyre doing the whole reader thing. <laughs> Inspector. Ooh, Inspector sounds good with that voice. Yeah. I mean, that is that is the guy who's running the East India Company, right? Like, <laughs> he's going to sound like that. He's going to have that wig. Uh, did we get any questions, by the way? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Okay. Yeah, was just checking since uh, I'm kind of... I'm kind of running out of blank as to what else I can say about this game. Yeah, let's, just, let's just bring it to a close. Okay. Um, yeah, overall, I think I, I I liked this game a whole lot uh, back when I tried it. And I still like it a whole lot now. Just the process of actually solving more than 20 deaths just turned into trial and error at some point. Um, and that was kind of frustrating. And like Olivia, there were times when I just absent-mindedly being like, what if I type this name into Google? Oh, okay, I guess I know the face now. I incidentally looked it up. Okay. <laughs> that was not That was not what I was doing. I was just like, okay. Is there a list that just has everybody's fates and where they die? Yes? Okay, keeping that aside for later. <laughs> and then <laughs> I gave everything a fair and honest try, and then when I started to get frustrated, I was like, all right, bring up the list. And I think that's I'm a fair a pra- way to play, for sure. I'm a practical gamer, alright? I'm also not that smart, so I'm working with what I have. Yeah, like uh, Emma Jackson say over on Abnormal Mapping, sometimes you just have to break out the cheat codes. I guess we're calling you a cheater. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I'm a thief, I'm a thief, I'm a liar. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover. <laughs> I watched I watched F for Fake last night, so just imagine I can't do an Orson Welles voice, but imagine Orson Orson Welles looking at me being like, She's a charlatan. <laughs> a real faker. Uh, not one of those fake fakers. Yes, this is literally something he says in F for fake. Mm, maybe I should. There are fake should. there are fake fakers and then there are true fakers. Mm. You would enjoy F for Fake so much, Six. Like, there's so many bits of that movie where Orson Welles is just, like, talking directly to the camera or turning over his shoulder while he's in the editing room. And it's very much a, I'm just going to have some fun making a movie energy. And it's delightful. He was making a whole, he was making a whole different movie. And then the guy he was making the movie with turned out to be like an international fraudster. And he, and then he was like, "Well, I guess I'm making a third movie now." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, in case anyone wants to write in about this later or any other games we've covered, you can send an email over to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, just be sure to include novel, not new, in the subject line somewhere, and uh, we're always happy to read your questions and comments out on there. Mm-hmm. And um, as for next time, we're going to be covering... We're, we're going back to visual novels. Uh, we're going to be covering Eliza, um, which uh, was released by Zachtronics back in 2019, I think. I need to double check. 500 uh, years ago. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. 
Uh, turns out um, the, Eliza, the, oh. the, the, the old years were also dark times, as I have learned by watching a more or listening to a more civilized age. Yes, that is true in both uh, Star Wars and real life. <laughs> Unless yeah. you ask uh, Disney, in which case you can go back before the before the dark times and everything was sick. <laughs> yeah, it's a two thousand. It's a twenty nineteen game, and uh, it's around fifteen dollars, and it's supposed to take like five to seven hours. So, like. Uh, there might be a chance that we're going to be coming back a little bit sooner than last nope. time, but uh... <laughs> don't hold me to it. I, th- I have two jobs. Yeah, don't, don't hold don't me to it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It's uh, like we're all busy here, so it, it does take us some time to get to it sometimes. But uh, though, here, yeah, here's, some... here's what I'm willing to promise: when we come back, I'll I'll have another I'll have another actual game to talk about. I promise you two games. Ooh. Okay. That I promise nothing. That's, that's <laughs> smarter. But yeah. Um, we're. I promise you can find is... me on Twitter at 6Detmar, <laughs> at S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. And you can find my work at scanlandmedia.com and patreon.com, so scanlandmedia. Olivia? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Great Grebe. Uh You can go to my pin tweet and find all my podcasts, which are good. You, you grow in podcasts every week, I swear. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at the max. Okay, <laughs> it looks like I'm on that fourth podcast, but I'm not actually on that fourth podcast. I'm just the inaugural guest on the fourth podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Don't worry about it. I mean, I'm on like seven, so yeah. I can't really talk shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to listen to that one. I'm, I'm sort of reading through the book, but, uh. I'm tempted to just stop and listen to the podcast because some of those chapters are wolf, but <laughs> yeah. Um, super excited to hear your discussion. About what it. podcast is that? That's uh, The War in Our Stars, a Star Wars book podcast where you can listen to the first episode where we talk about uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron and also a little bit about Star Wars Light of the Jedi, two books that are bad in different ways. <laughs> And Jen, where can people Indeed. find you? So you can find me at JBU3 on Twitter. Most of my stuff is on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And uh, yeah, I do anime podcasts, video game podcasts. Occasionally I'll sit down and write out something, but uh, a lot of time, oh, most of my recent work is through podcasting, just because that's just how things go sometimes. And, uh, yeah, until next time, we'll see you later. Quick save. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, quick save.